Okay. Brief, brief little intro, because we're having a conversation about, uh, well, very big, big topic area, power and freedom and politics, office politics. And um, we made, we're making reference to this um, character that we've invented, Stupid Harvey. So let's introduce <laughs> you, Rokhir Nort, and me, John Wenger, Hi. and Stu- Stupid Harvey, <laughs> who, is, who, is, um, who is kind of a scapegoat for all the stupid things that, that we hear about managers doing. Um, well, let me read the, um, the, um, the profile that I... Uh, it's stupid Harvey's profile. Yeah. So he's a generic old school middle manager who can't seem to catch up with the 21st century. A handy scapegoat for a fictional company used in the Hour podcast. So yeah, that's and what he is. Yeah, and I suppose um, it's, it's good to kind of have our little scapegoat because so, so much of what we have discussed references things that I guess for you and me and maybe some of the folks who listen it just boggles the mind why why people why certain people in managerial roles continue to do some of the things that they do yeah and um you know like we were just saying before we press record that he he and she people like that they 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 do it because they can and they can because the it's still the way the business and the system is structured that you know um management is about shoring up your power rather than management being a thing that facilitates work getting done really well and effectively and encouraging the happiness and contentment of people who work there. Um, which, you know, that's one of the things that always fascinates me about John Lewis as a, as a business. Because I'm not sure if it's the one and only or it's one of the top three, but it's, it's one of the prime fun- functions and purposes of the John Lewis business is happiness of the employees. And it seems really sensible, I think, um, to operate in a way which, you know, encourages um, good work and good relationships and happiness and all that sort of stuff. But it, um, isn't it it's something that when you consider the opposite of it, and mm. and especially when you consider that that people go out of their way to actually establish uh, unhappiness within employees, and you, I mean. It sounds so much more difficult to do on a on a long term uh, basis to to keep people unhappy and unengaged and um, it, to me it sounds like a lot of work. Whilst on the other hand, meeting people halfway, uh, making them happy at their work, uh, facilitating whatever it is that they need, seems so much more easy to do to me. Than the other thing, it seems easier for me as well. I mean, there's there's probably new things that you've had to kind of, if you're a manager, you've had to kind of learn how to do, which doesn't sit in the old school way of managing. Like you have to be a better listener to people. You have to be, you know, you have to have, bring your empathy to work. You have to bring more of your authentic, you know, your authentic self to work. Be yourself. Um, but I guess for. It doesn't. For one thing, I want to be kind to managers that do that still do these sorts of things because I think to say that they are actively trying to set, they set out to create unhappiness and disengagement. I'm not so sure about that. That that would that would imply we've got you know huge you know um, numbers of managers who who could also easily be diagnosed as psychopaths, and I don't think that's the case. No, um, I don't think they actively set out to do it. What I think they actively set out to do, though, because the systems still encourage it, is to show up. Show up power, and I, I, I have, 
an idea that um, you you will um, the work will work better for everyone if power is more dispersed. In other words, the, the decisions that need to get made about things that go on at work are probably best left to people who need to carry out carry out those decisions. You know, we've talked about customer service, and when you phone up somebody to get some customer service help for you know internet, telephone, whatever. And the people that you speak to have actually been given no authority or power to actually make your life better as a customer. That seems wrong, that they have to go up some chain of command in order to get somebody's approval to help the customer. But, they've still, but yet they've hired this person to help the customer, but they give them no authority to help the customer. As, as a default, they're, they're at the bottom of the food chain. Yeah. They're like the last thought in putting up a business. First, you think of shareholders, and then you think well, that's of the one. general management. Then you think about middle management, especially when when it when the reward systems fall into place. Um, and then, uh, obviously, there's a product, and you have to have some form of research and development. And then there's sales, which is like most important, you know, sales because you have to sell things. And then marketing is obviously very important because if you don't market anything, especially when you have a lousy product, then you need you know, to step up on your marketing in order you to need, get rid of yeah, it. Yeah, you need, you need really good PR if it's a really crap product. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then as a sort of an afterthought, you have uh, people who actually deal with your customers. You know, the I, think the afterthought is, the I think the afterthought is you actually have customers. Oh, I suppose because <laughs> yeah, suppo- oh, suppose, we've got this, this, this sort of tree of importance with the shareholders and stuff at the top. Oh, oh, that's right. We've got customers. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, because the, the, they're just... We have uh, some people that um, interact with them as well, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. They're more of a... Um, um, an element in the in the in the sales funnel, right? It's it's where the statistics come from. I mean, revenue is more important than customers. Uh, Here's an interesting thing, though, that I think because power is something that I I think about a lot. Power and freedom, really. Um, yeah. I, I watched I watched the Shawshank Redemption again at the weekend, mm. which I just think is I hadn't seen it for so many years, and. There was so much about it I'd forgotten, and I realized, you know, I remembered how much of a beautiful movie it is. And you know when you see something more than once, and every time you see it, if it's, if it's got a lot of depth, you see something new in it every time. Mm-hmm. And I kind of really, I think, got hold of why it was called Redemption. It's a redemption movie. And I was reflecting on freedom, you know, and these guys incarcerated for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And the, the, the journey that the Tim Robbins character goes through apart from the fact that he does escape and finds actual physical freedom, but the things that he kind of goes through in his mind to generate a sense of freedom, you know, it's a bit like Viktor Frankl and, and his um, discu- discussion about um, being in the prisoner of war, you know, Nazi concentration camp, about, you know, freedom is something both that that is um, taken away, we're disempowered by stupid things that go on in our working lives, but freedom is also something that, it, that in that is an internal process, you know. So if I refuse to feel unfree, if I decide to see things a particular way, can that mean that you know I am free? Um, so it's an inter- it's always an interesting thing that I'm considering. You know, what creates freedom? Some of it is going to be an internal, you know. So people I know that f- go through life feeling oppressed, even though there isn't actually anything to my mind oppressing them. Is there is there a thing where you can say that? Um the more incarcerated you are, 
and the more horrible the mm-hmm. incarceration is, mm-hmm. the more apparent your lack of freedom is. Well, that's a good point, right? actually. Yeah. Because when you're in a in a um, a Nazi concentration camp, and mm. um, I've seen the um, the Hitchcock uh, um, documentary. Mm. Uh, what is it? When night falls, I think it's mm. called. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. If you like have it, like that, yeah. yeah, it's it's unspeakable. Mm. And but when you're in a place like that, it's just oh. Can't even find the words for that, but you mm-hmm. know, it's 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 it can't it cannot be more apparent mm-hmm. than uh, that you are in in a, a tremendous world of peril. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, this is it. Mm-hmm. You know that every mm-hmm. fiber in your being knows that this mm-hmm. is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the pressure of uh, you know the, the the opposite of that is the absolute freedom. Mm. To do what you want or eat, mm. whatever, and uh, but your state of mind is something that determines your freedom in a place like that. Mm. And um, but the more you are aware of it, the more you can, um, or maybe I have absolutely no clue about that. Obviously, uh, but I can imagine that the more incarcerated you are, the more your mind will will fight it and, and try and find and reach the opposite state of it. Whereas mm. in, a, in an office, uh, when you have a manager or a co-worker who is very, um, you know, you get, you get to your, your um, internal politics, your office politics thing, mm. um, it's very difficult to put your finger on it. What mm. it is exactly, because you're free, you're freedom, you're free. I mean, you're, you're not incarcerated, you're, you're a free person. I mean, at the end of the day, you go home. Uh-huh. You get in your car, you go home. So, you, uh-huh. so there is an inherent freedom in working in an office. But people, uh, for instance, it's very difficult to find a different job. For instance, uh-huh. yeah. Well, and that's exactly right. There's always the other things that are that are around you that inhibit your freedom to do something, and that and that also don't make you free from something. So you're not free from economic. Um, uh, requirements of having to pay for food and pay for your exactly. accommodation, you know. So, yeah, yeah. you're not free and, from some of those things. No, know, and exactly. Right. So, if you are in a workplace, in a work environment where uh, where you know it's not easy to find another job, yeah, uh, or certain benefits of that specific job are are there, where uh, maybe it's pay or it's travel or you know these kind of things mm-hmm. that you know that if you can get a, another job somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, your your uh, travel time doubles, mm-hmm. could you, you know triples mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So these things may help or may determine the reason why you stay, and then you have to deal with certain elements within your office that that just are you know sometimes difficult to deal with. Uh, but still, I mean, so y- you create a certain psychological uh, prison. Yeah, a certain mm. psychological mm. Inca- incarceration, mm. uh, which if you cannot um, determine that, if you cannot identify that or accept mm. it as such, you won't be able to to work towards another state of mind where you can go like, well, you know, this is just whatever. And for me, 
you know, they can't get to me for whatever reason, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Maybe easier said than done, right? Well, yeah, but it, it, I mean, that's that's why I think the other thing that's connected to this is, um, you know, kind of having this sort of growth mindset, being open to self-growth and self-awareness and all that stuff and being able to sift all that stuff out and make sense of it for yourself. Because there are people who I kind of see and are relative to the rest of the world are very luxurious living conditions that we live in, 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 you know, in Western Europe and people complaining about some things. And depending on my mood, I just sort of think to myself, Oh, for God's sake, first world problems. So your wife didn't get you the organic blueberries. I'm sorry. There's some people in Africa who struggle to find water. You know, I kind of, I kind of hold those sorts of things depending on my mood in my head. It's like, you are not unfree, mister, you know, I mean, but, but, that, but I there are it, different things, it. right? I mean, it's, are, yeah. I mean, everything is relative. I mean, I always like it when people say, "Yeah, but everybody goes through that." And you go like, "So what?" Mm. I'm not everybody. I am the person who has to deal, who has to deal with this at this moment. The mm. fact that there's millions of other people that went through it also. Then, mm. first of all, why isn't the problem solved yet? Mm. You know, or. Uh, why isn't there a book written for me how to deal with these kind of things? Maybe there is, but and then still you have to deal with it, right? So, but all the problems that you have uh, are always relative. They and, are, exactly. and they're, they are always put into perspective because the the one thing that one of the things that I I because um, I was we were watching Downton Abbey. Okay. Who hasn't watched Downton Abbey, right? And uh, one thing that struck yeah, the, me... The program where nothing happens. The program where nothing happens, where nobody ages, yeah. even though we, we, yeah. we, we cross decades of time. Um, what struck me was where you have the, um, the aristocracy, right? Mm. And they're in charge, they own the place, blah, 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 yada, yada, mm. yada. And then you have all the servants, Right, mm. and at first glance, you go like, "Well, the servants are the ones who are kept, who are the ones who are, well, they get you know board and room, and mm. you know maybe they get they get a little bit of pay, but you know they're, I mean, as close to being enslaved they're without in being a slave. They're, they're, yeah, okay, they yeah, live in service. service. Yeah." So they have to follow all these rules and blah, 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 and they can't go upstairs and they're not allowed to mingle among blah, 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 uh, as a maid. So what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here while, you know, there's people around. And then you start looking at it and then you start looking at how the, um, the elite is living mm. and how they have to live by the rules, mm -hmm. how they can and cannot do things and mm -hmm. have to do things mm -hmm. and have to appear and have to dress, uh, you know, change clothing three, four times a day because mm -hmm. that's how they have to appear. And and then when you look at it more and more, you, you start to realize that, well, it looks like the elite are even more uh, caught in, in, in this... Um, they're caught in the same institution of arist the aristocracy the, yeah. the, on both sides. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's that's the thing that gets me when I watch it. It's the same coin. There's two different sides. That they're both caught by their conventions and their and the thing that 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 you kind of is, I'm sure they've articulated that it's sort of just as a thread right through it is know your place. Don't try and break out of it. This is the place that you were born into. This is the station you were born into. That's it. You don't actually get a choice. 
No. So the you know the minute when the 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 daughter of the aristocracy decides she's going to marry the servant, the chauffeur, <laughs> that's a big deal because actually I'm not entirely sure how if that was as common occurrence as it seemed to suggest that it was just going to be ignored and we'll carry on the next episode and of course we'll love you and you know that that's that's um yeah they they're all caught in that same institution and it, uh, the same in workplaces everyone's caught in the same institutions well that's that's and kind of, of where where yeah. where my point was heading and yeah. um uh and thank you for reminding me but um when you when you're in the workplace and when you're uh an employee and you're 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 bitching about your manager um he's probably in the same position that you are right Mm. And um, I know that stupid Harvey gets <laughs> gets uh, a lot of grief from upstairs too, right? Like sure. cut an FTE, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he goes like, "But I can't afford to lose an FTE. Mm-hmm. I have this team. This is something that now cut an FTE, mm. and." So as far as the employees go, that will make him the boogeyman, right? The, yep. the person that actually has to go and, and, and cut an FTE and a full-time employee. And um, yes. uh, so, yeah. Um, and, and that goes all the way up to the CEO, right? I mean, maybe only the shareholders who are behind the scenes, who are uh, just mopping up whatever profit is left, uh, are the ones who are not, um, well, usually they're slaves to money, but um, but everybody within a business is, um, uh, you know, you have to serve somebody. Everybody's hostages to the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, well, I was quoting Bob Dylan, right? so I I kind of right. I, I won there, but and um, so, um, but but that's true. Right, uh-huh. I mean, we're all part of the system. We're all part of the red race. We're all, you know, doing our bit, uh-huh. and we're all letting it happen. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not up to a couple of individuals. We're all letting it happen, and uh, and at the workplace too. I mean, if you'd all change, then things would be different. That's and, right. Uh, yeah. But but we don't, and we don't uh-huh. dare, and some don't see, and some some. Some actually have created that state of mind where the work and, and the workload and, and nagging customers and nagging managers just don't seem to touch them, just don't seem to get to them, right? I don't know how they do it, but they seem, it seems like it just, just slides off them and they can just move on and uh, they're not a victim to uh, or done. No. It's a large word, but to, to to the power and and the lack of freedom that you would would have. I suppose if you've got that sense of uh, personal um, personal authority, you know, I am the chief author of my own life story. If you have a, a well developed sense of that, I suppose, then it is easier to go in those sorts of businesses or or cultures and feel okay about some of the things that potentially could cause others to feel disempowered or oppressed or aggrieved. You know, I mean, I, there are people who I have I have seen who like to have a, who, who seem to to thrive off a sense of grievance. They like to feel that there's something to, c- to complain about, and they love to kind of moan about 
the, um, the bad guys upstairs or the bad manager or the, yeah. the people who the person who's oppressing me. But there's something there's a there's a little bit of glee somewhere in there that I've spotted, not universally, but with some folks, um, and that kind of connects to what you were saying. Like I think there is a thing about um, those people who seem to go into work and it just seems to wash off their back like water off a duck's back, you know. And and I think that's delightful. There's I think there's probably a fine line, isn't there, between caring and not care, like caring that you do a good job and that you get on with people at work and da da da, but not taking the crap that goes on around it to keeping it keeping that stuff light treating that stuff lightly like actually it's not going to get in my way it's not going to get in my way i'll find a way around it you know because if you kind of if you want to be the agitator there's a cost to that isn't there or if you want to be the the one that's always um complaining or railing against power structures or the boss there's a cost of being excluded and not being seen for promotion and not getting pay rises and not mm -hmm. getting a, the ideal desk to sit at. And then the whole range of other things that people yeah. who actually do wield power can very just very subtly use because you're trying to change the power structure. And as, you know, as, as, um, as ideal it would be to change some of the power structures. Um, you know, I'm reminded that power structures exist very often to, sustain their power <laughs> you know yeah, so yeah, no, it's, exactly, it's, yeah. they, they exist to, to maintain a status quo yeah. on one very unconscious level i think yeah. and if you want to kind of fight against that well good luck to you well that's that's the big trick isn't it i mean mm. it's and and as an individual that's that's one of the trickiest things that you can do um and and especially when you're uh you know uh, a, a, a person who's aware of things mm. that are going on, mm. right? If you, you can see a little bit further than your own little cocoon, because yeah. the, the person that we're talking about that you know, do, do, you know, slides off like what is it like the water off a duck's back? Mm. Um, some very few manage to do that in a conscious manner, right? Mm. Most achieve that. Mm. But they have no idea why. It's their disposition, perhaps. It's just exactly. the kind of person, their person, exactly. personality. Like it's that, a yeah. certain, certain, um, ah, English um, distance that they create with mm. people around them, with the work, and um, I, you know, and it comes rather natural to them. And I always feel with those kind of people that it is something that. Um, is inherent to them and it's not just at work because yeah i believe most people the way they are at work most are the chances are that they're the same way at home mm -hmm. and i always feel that people who are that disengaged mm. right from 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 things that happen at work and just go oh. i always feel like they're like that at home too and um, in on a personal uh, level, mm. and the people who are passionate yeah. about it, you know, who want, who see all the problems and and want change and this and that and blah 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 blah. I mean, these are the people that I like, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. they're the ones who 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 go into an argument with you, you know, have a discussion, talk about something, yeah, uh, uh, get something done. The crazy ones. Well, yeah, the, exactly. I was thinking that they, you know, the ones that people might call the crazy ones, but they're the ones who, you know, they are probably 
that they and they might consider they are the chief authors of their own life story. They're not side players, bit players off to the side, with no. them being constantly subject to other people's um, directions, stage directions, and story arcs. Their, their exactly. story arc that they live is their story arc, and exactly. um, yeah. I, I mean, I I'm, I was reminded just then of that that moment in the Shawshank Redemption when. Um, He's, they're at dinner, and, a, and, and the Tim Robbins character is talking about music, and all the other guys he's eating with say, "What?" He said, "Music. Don't you ever have you never been interested in music?" And they went, "No, not really." Um, and he says, "You know, it's in here in this place. It's 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 in my heart. It's in my head. You know, we don't hear it. They don't play music, but it's inside uh, me, yeah. and they can't take that away from me." in this place. And I thought that's, that kind of was one of those moments. I thought I get, this is about, you know, redemption. You know, I, I'm in here. And as it transpires through the story, you realize that he actually is innocent. And he's decided he's, he's made a decision rather than fight his incarceration and keep trying to fight and say, I'm, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. And everyone just laughs at him and says, yeah, right. He's inside, he's made a decision that I'm going to live a life and feel free and do some things that are purposeful to me. So I was just kind of making a connection to about purpose. You know, if I'm going to be one of those folks that you see for whom nothing seems to affect them very deeply in terms of feeling disempowered at work, they get on with things. They're probably kind of going there thinking, I'm here to do something purposeful. And they feel that they've done something meaningful in their lives. And I think that's a big part of it. If you know that you're doing something purposeful, meaningful, um, and depending on your, on your personality, maybe you're adding to some, you know, helping other people or adding to other people's lives. Maybe that's something that amplifies that sense of freedom. It could be anything, I, right? It could be anything. So when Stupid Harvey says, look, um, well, uh, the walls need repainting here in the office, and, uh, and I'm going to choose the color. I'm not going to ask anybody else's opinion, even though... It actually doesn't matter. It's not going to take away my power, but I choose the color. Um, and there, there's a, another tiny little act that just shows up my power base because I chose the color. And I made a point of not asking other people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the people who work in that office who feel aggrieved by that, um, you know, that they've made Stupid Harvey the author of their life in, in that moment, in a sense. The people yes. that kind of go, yeah, all right, you go, you go for it, stupid Harvey. You paint the office whatever color you like. That's fine. I'm because I'm here to do something else. I, I've got other very meetings difficult to reach that state. It is um, if if you're especially when you're like living um, with stupid Harvey. Well, I was going to say because it's yes. something that's continuous, right? I, mean, I was going to say I, if I, I've isolated that as a, as, an, as, a, as, a, as a as a moment on its own. If we can bear in mind that that's one of many, many, many things that Stupid Harvey does to shore up his power, and as a, it's kind of like a visible sign, like I'm the boss here, that's many, many things that he's doing. That's mm. just one example of. Then it's a different situation, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when you're uh, when you're more sensitive to to those kind of sure. uh, influences, and sure, and you're just aware of. Uh, um, and, and you know that you're in a position where you can't actually do anything, right? So that that's kind of the most hurtful position to be in. And uh, I think it 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 you know all the credit 
you know, if it were real or forever. But I don't know his name in in the movie, but Tim Robbins' character, where he he just goes inside and just goes mm. into his mind. Mm. This is what I'm gonna do. I know I'm mm. innocent. Mm -hmm. Nobody can take that away from me. No mm. matter what they do, no mm. matter what they say or what they do to me, mm. I know what I am, mm. and I'm gonna do something about that. Mm. It's gonna take me a decade, mm. but I'm gonna do something about it. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, but that's very difficult. I mean, and it's something that um, that springs to mind that um, I read a couple of years ago. Many years ago, I don't know. I'm getting old. Uh, it's the bears versus the eagles, right? Mm. Where it, and that's a metaphor. There you go. So the bear's just on the ground and just goes like, right, and sees only what's in front of him, follows his nose, and sleeps half of the year, right? The eagle soars high in the sky, keeps an eye on everything. You know, knows mm. everything that's going on on the floor, sees from a large distance and can see the big picture of things. And um, people are very easily um, put into one of those categories, right? And um, I'm not saying that bears are stupid or anything. It's just that um, there's a difference between people who see mm. what's going on Mm. Are able to connect the dots, mm. and uh, and those who cannot, and um, once you, and that comes back to the trainings, uh, the, mm. the training that you do. Uh, once you see it, you know mm. Mm. you can't go back, and um, the problem is not knowing it. Mm. The problem is whether or not you're capable or able. To do something about it, and you've hit the nail on the head. Is why I have a problem with people who do role play badly, or people who do role play with with little or no training about what goes actually is going on in a role play, for example, mm. because it un, it uncovers things for people. But there's the thing that accompanies it that are you capable of dealing with what you've just seen, and that gets missed often. Mm. You know that's that's why I was saying that there's a there's a personal development aspect to to, to all of these sorts of things. Being able to connect the dots is one thing. Um, it allows you, you know, use the bare eagle thing. It's wonderful. You get a big picture and so on. Maybe you can think a bit more strategically or whatever. But put them in a boxing ring. Who's, who's going to win? The bear's going to win. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a if if you open your eyes to something, you also have got to have some capability to see what you have seen. So you don't get freaked out. You don't go um, crazy and aggressive and angry and start fighting against the system to your to your cost. You know, there's loads of things that go along with seeing what's going on underneath the surface yeah that yeah. also you have to learn yeah. that kind of self aware there's a self-awareness piece that has to go in tandem with, absolutely. with the, absolutely. all of this sort of stuff yeah absolutely. and that's the difficult part isn't it because if yeah. you're a bear if you don't see it i mean you live in blissful ignorance that's right yeah and and there's not nobody can touch you until yeah. you know a certain point in a certain situation where yeah. they actually do and and your whole world might crumble but that's right uh, you know, suddenly you get fired, for instance. Mm. But if you're an eagle and and you do see those kind of things, mm. and that's step one, mm. then you have to deal with it. Mm. And um, uh, I just was just watching the Young Turks on on, on YouTube about John Stewart leaving the Daily Show. 
And one of his reasons was like, uh, it's, it's getting to me, right? I mean, dealing with all that BS mm-hmm. from those mm. thick people mm. and every day, mm. and, for, and he's been doing it for 16 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that kind of gets to you, right? I mean, and that's yeah. his problem. He was like, it's just, it's just too depressing. Mm. Where you try and do something about it, or you know, I, I never really believed comedy can change the world, but mm. you know, it's all good and well standing on the stage and making fun of people, but it doesn't really work. People laugh it off, and um, but he gets depressed, and that's the thing. I mean, he yeah. sees everything, he sees the big picture, he sees yeah. all the dots, he can connect them, he you know, he knows what's going on, he knows yeah. what's going wrong. Yeah, and there's nothing he can do about it, yeah. and um, whether he really can do anything about it, I think that he can. He, he's in a position where, I mean, he virtually could run for president and might even get elected. Mm. But um, he doesn't see it that way. He says, "I can't do anything about it." I mean, or maybe he does, but it's, it's I an example anyway. I understand his point of view because I, I mean, if you're doing something that means a lot to you it can't help but affect you it can't help but get under your skin True. but you know like we were just making the thing with the eagle if you begin to see things from a bigger picture and connect dots when you've I think there does come a point where you feel in, uh, powerless or incapable of, of making a change to the things that you have begun to see and that's that's a little bit scary and that can be depressing and you know, I think when if in taking taking his case, if if there's a if there's a stuff if there's a thing going on in parallel of him looking at his own personal growth and his personal development, and like for example, becoming aware of depression, that then if he can get to that point of doing something about it, then he's kind of gone about it. What I might say is in a in a correct way for him because he hasn't just kind of decided one day he's going to kill himself because he can't cope with all the stuff that he now sees. I actually think it's kind of healthy to feel that you can't do anything about stuff. Because in one sense, if you look at some of those seriously crappy systems and institutions in our world, if you think that they are highly functional and progressive, then there's something wrong. If you do feel a sense of what on earth have we become, I think that's a real healthy thing to get to. And to feel that you can't, like I couldn't change I think our political system in the UK is really screwed. I couldn't change that on my own. But it's like, what is it? What is actually that sense of coming back to the sense of freedom? What is there within my sphere of influence that I actually can do that's meaningful to me that in some small way may lead to the changes that I would like to see happen? And I think you and I kind of bear that out in the work that we do and the conversations that we have with each other and other people that we've got to, um, We've got a healthy sense of being depressed about the world, as well as kind of making one step, you know, one step before the next, before the next, before the next, you know, one step in front of the other, keep going, keep going. Because for me, I've I've had similar situations in my past where I was doing work in the area of sort of trauma and abuse, and it did get in, and it did cause me depression, and I decided to leave as well because I thought it's it's I've had enough of it. It's actually gone in. It's not healthy for me because I got to the point where I stopped being helpful and useful to the people that I was ostensibly helping, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. So I kind of had that kind of, 
I, I had I had to um, be sure that I had an eye on myself as well as to whether I was making any difference and to, to change course. And that felt really, um, that felt li- very liberating when I left. I can imagine. That, that, that work. Um, you know, and, and lately when I, because I've, you know, um, I, I've spoken to you about it and I've just mentioned now I'm, I'm prone to short periods of low-level depression, just very short bursts of it when I become aware of how screwed things are and am I making a difference. Um, the thing that I just need to do is do something, one step in front of the other, so I don't succumb to it because I think we are getting to a point where some of the changes are becoming accelerated. We can see more of it more often. Um, and if I just sat and read lots of stuff uh, online about the screwed nature of the world, then I might kill myself because mm-hmm. you go, well, where is the hope? But I do believe there is some. You know, It's just finding out where it is that I can direct my energy and influence to, to make a change. It's the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the circle of influence around you, right? I mean, if, That's if, right. if it's um, most things on the news are uh, out of your reach. You just, there's just maybe if you go voting, uh, which I think is less and less uh, useful thing. Yeah. But uh, that's the only way for uh, to, uh, to to have an effect on on the uh, the government or something, um, other than protesting or something like that. But especially when it, it the minute it leaves your country, uh, you know there's nothing you can do about it. Mm. Right. Mm. So there's there's no real reason why you should worry about it because mm. it. It, it it only adds to the anxiety that you might have. Yes. And it's way past your realm of influence. Yeah. And um, so you should only worry about, and not even worry, but even you should only concentrate on things that you can actually influence, however small they might be, yeah. and however local they may be, and how, even if, if it's just you um if there's anything in your direct environment that you can change in order to make you a little bit more happy or your partner or whatever that's where you should be focusing on and Mm. because anything outside of that realm is is just noise right it's important Mm. to stay in touch with you know things that happen in the world because you have to be a little bit aware of 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 your uh the rest of the uh, um, um, mankind, mm. but if I'm honest, most of it is simply not important. Mm. You know. So when you know someone like John Stewart talks about his leaving, I think it's a healthy thing. He's got to a point in his own awareness about what's good for him, exactly. and is is he going to continue to be able to do what he does, walking on that very fine line of being engaging, telling a truth, being funny to going, you know, being too dark about stuff, you know, that there's a, I mean, I think, because I think comedy is a really good way of looking at changing power structures and increasing freedom. If we can get people to laugh at some of the, the prisons that we have created, that's kind of a first step, you know, you can kind of, you, so you look around and you go, oh yeah, it's all just, it's all just a house of cards, really. Um, you know, I, the, like the cynics, the original cynics, the the philosophy 
their their purpose was to improve happiness for mankind in an age of uncertainty. That's when they kind of came into being. And I think, it, you know, look at someone like him and other comedians who do that sort of commentary in society who are criticized as being, oh, they're cynical and they're just taking it. It's like, well, actually, cynicism in the original philosophical sense of it is was a really healthy thing, living in difficult times, trying to create happiness for all of humanity. Um, so, yeah, it is a fine line between being negative and, and you know, going, falling into depression and going, it's a really good thing to laugh at all this stuff. It's a really good thing to let it, you know, like water off a duck's back. It's a really good thing to um, see how I can work my way around it. Where can I make a difference for it's myself? It's a way to put things into perspective. Into to, perspective, yeah. To look at things in a different way. The, the great art, uh, I would say, I'm not entirely uh, convinced that, that comedy is... Uh, comedy is a way to... to communicate right to to bring it to the masses i mean if if the daily show wasn't funny nobody would watch it yeah and um but then again i watched the young turks on 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 youtube and they have quite a following they're not funny they mm. don't try to be a, a comedians about mm. i mean they mm. can't i mean they don't have that that's not their disposition not their right? skill yeah. yeah yeah so it's not something that they do but um they get to the point. They yeah. get to the heart of it, yeah. right? And 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 they put the finger on the sore spot. And uh, and I personally believe that that's more effective in a way where, yeah, it's difficult. You know, I I, I really I, I I always wonder that if you have somebody like John or The Daily Show where there's an audience mm. and everybody's like. <laughs> That's funny mm, as hell. Mm, and mm. then they go outside, and what is it that they remember? That it was a funny show? You know, do they remember uh, the joke that he made about somebody? Or do they actually remember the problems that were addressed? You know, uh, what are they taking away? Are they going to vote on a different guy other than those insane Republicans? Or well, whatever. probably, probably, probably all of the above, depending on on you know who you are and your mood and 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 all that sort of stuff. I think there's another really important thing. Apparently, um, Steve Jobs, despite all of the amazing on-demand you know entertainments and stuff that you know he, his business allowed us to access, one of his little pleasures was to to watch movies on the TCM channel. You know, Turner Classic Movies, the old yeah. the old movies. And he didn't do it on using um, TiVo or recording it. He, he, he liked to go home and watch it in real time as it was being shown. Because his, 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 the, the quote or the little story I read about this said that he knew that in that moment there were other human beings watching the same thing that he was watching at the same time. And I think if you're watching Jon Stewart's show and you're, you're going, it's so funny because it's true. Or, yes, that's, guy, that's right, those guys are idiots. Or that, you know... You know that other people are sharing your en enjoyment, your sadness, your whatever, and I think that adds to it as well. When you know that someone like John Stewart has crafted a, f a funny way of describing a situation that you've seen and can feel hopeless about, you go, "Well, thank God I'm not alone. Thank God it's not just me, and I'm not mad thinking that the world is fucked up." You know, there are others who feel the same, and you see how popular he is as well. So you know True. that there's this huge True. mass of people 
who True. probably share a similar uh, commentary on the state of politics in the world. And that is a, a hopeful thing. So you can you know, be part of an audience as well. That still means you're making steps to your own personal freedom. Because, right. you know, others want the same thing as me. Let's go, let's go, brothers and sisters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so who knows what the ball is, that he, or many balls, that he started rolling around some of this stuff. Will the Republicans get voted in again? Who knows? You know, all that stuff. But I can't say that it had no effect. I'm sure it has had some effect on people. If it made one person sort of listen and go, yeah, that's right. That's stupid. You know, <laughs> if, um, if one person in the office says, hang on, why didn't, he, why didn't stupid Harvey consult us about the color? It would have been so easy. And somebody else goes, yeah, that's right. That's stupid. That's not a bad thing. No, 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 mm. no. It happens. It happens. Mm. Yeah. Um, so the whole redemption piece, coming back to the Shawshank redemption, I think part of getting to freedom is knowing how you are or are not disempowered by institutions, you know? How in Downton Abbey are they disempowered by the, the standards of behavior and the, you know, the positions they're born into? And that one of them goes, hang on a second. <laughs> but I'm aristocracy, but I love the chauffeur, so I'm going to marry him, you know? <laughs> you have to be aware of the cage before you find your way out, if you see what I mean. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm. yeah. You were you were man, man, mentioning the um, the Stockholm syndrome in the oh yeah 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 um, I mean I kind of threw that th that thing about being a hostage to situations you know I, when you mentioned Downton I thought well yeah, they're all kind of hostages to the the old standards of behaviour and the rules of aristocracy because the rules of aristocracy didn't just pertain to the aristocracy it pertained to the middle classes and it pertained to the working classes yeah exactly it's just the whole set of the whole scaffolding of rules. Um, and the, the hopeful thing is you look at the, the way that we live today, and while there will be some of it, which is there are still echoes of that way, of that class system, there's a whole load of it that just would be abhorrent today that you just say, well, no, you, that's not a rule anymore. So, um, you know, when, when you're a hostage to it, you have to become aware of the fact that you're a hostage to it before you start to wake up and go, right, this... This isn't this isn't me writing my life story. This is somebody else or a bunch of somebody else's writing my life story. Mm -hmm. That's not good enough for me. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, it's true that that the people who have that um, realization um, are usually the ones who end up changing quite a bit. They're Imagine, the ones who yep. can challenge the status quo. And still, uh, challenge uh, the, the the current power structures and uh, you know those kind mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you know, I'm always fascinated by um, when I hear people um, say. I look at what they do with their lives and they tell a bit of their story and, and they say, and you know, I was doing this and I was doing this and one day I just woke up and I looked around and I realized. And it was like this sort of epiphanous moment that they kind of started then become interested in self-development or they've started to become interested in training into a new career or they decided that they um, maybe they did have some artistic talent and they were going to go off and do an evening class and develop it. You know, those sorts of moments when people wake up to themselves, I always find really fascinating, which I sort of see as a, as a breaking free from, you know, what our parents told us and that we've sort of taken in, what our teachers told us and we've taken in. 
Because um, let's, let's face it, I mean, those are the people that, that throughout history ha have made the difference, right? Yeah. I got the quote right here. The uh, so I'll read it mm. just to put it into... Uh, Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. Mm. They're not fond of rules and they have no respect for the status quo. Mm. You can quote them, disagree them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing you can do is ignore them because yeah. they change things. They push the human race forward and while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because mm. the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Mm. Kind of sums up this whole episode, doesn't it? It does a bit, yeah. It does. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there is something that goes along with the personality structure of this, to use that quote, the crazy ones. There's something else inside them, a spark or a self-awareness or a persistence or a belief in humanity or something you know it's, it's that internal resources that they've also got to they've they've developed or that they're developing and and i like it how they are perceived by society as the crazy ones yeah as a as a definition mm. whilst they're probably more sane than anybody else yes because you know they see the way out and yeah. they see the difference that they can actually make uh, mm. as a human being Mm. And and I guess that makes them more sane than anybody else, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well put. So, on that note, mm. what do you want to go on? No, on that note, I think that's, 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 uh, that's a good way to finish, I think. That quote's a beautiful way to finish. Well, then... Uh, this was actually a good one. Uh, this was uh, 50 minutes. The clock just hit 50 minutes. So that's, okay. that's, that's nice. Uh, this was episode 23. Um, was another... Uh, oh, no, 24. My lord. 24. <laughs> 24. Keep up. <sighs> okay. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, mm. If you enjoyed this podcast, please, 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 please go to rwcast and dot com and sign up to our newsletter um, this way you never miss an episode and you can stay in touch with us by any other channel you wish and if you enjoyed this podcast please share it with someone who you think might also enjoy it that too would be very wonderful um, yeah so on that note until next time this was Rogi Nord and John Wenger and until next time Goodbye.